You're listening to the Trinity Ministries podcast. For more information and to support our ministry, go to www.trinityhudson.org. Well, a special uh, welcome to you for those of you who are in the room, those of you listening on our podcast. Uh, we are continuing our series called It Is Finished, and uh, we actually have, we, there's a part of this series that we haven't been really mentioning. We put it on Facebook, but this whole series has a whole Bible study and videos that go along with each week, and if you're part of Right Now Media, um, you could just go to Right Now Media, and um, you can look up It Is Finished, and it has all the different videos and, and Bible studies if you want to do personal study, or in your small group, you can do it that way. If you're not familiar with Right Now Media, just send Jack Jorgensen an email. Um, you can do that through the church office, and he'll get you all signed up, and there's just thousands. How many of you are on right now? Yeah, several of you. There's thousands of videos and resources and books and all kinds of things, also for kids, too, so it's a great resource. Um, But we're continuing our series uh, called It Is Finished. And if you remember last week, uh, if you were here last week, we we were talking about Jesus looking down and seeing his mom. Remember this? And he sees his friend John, and he, he had this compassion for his mom that he didn't want her to be disconnected because... If, if he were to go, obviously, you know, you know, mom is kind of left, not on her own necessarily, but he had just this compassion of connectedness. So he had them connected. If you remember, if you remember this, we took out our cell phones. How many of you were here last week and did this? Yeah, so nobody was here last week? It was just me. Okay. Uh, so we took out our cell phones at the end, and we actually thought of a family member or somebody in our church that needs encouragement. And we texted this, right now in church, I want you to know that God loves you and so do I. And I've heard back from many of you some really great stories. Actually, even in between the, the services, you know, people were going, getting texts back from their long-lost uncle going, who is this? You know, <laughs> um, I, I actually did this. I spoke at a conference this weekend and I did this uh, in the middle of the conference, 400 uh, early, uh, early childhood educators. And we did this. And a lady came up afterwards, and she told me this story. She said this, um, or, or she, 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 this is what happened. When we, I had her do this, when I had everybody do this, she came and said, when I texted that, I was thinking of a whole bunch of people, but for whatever reason, my brother popped into my head. And I haven't spoken to my brother in a long, long time. So I texted him this. He texted back immediately and told the situation of where he was. He was in a hospital room. Around the, the uh, and, and around family, around a person who was 90 years old, a, a really dear friend um, and a distant relative of hers, who was dying. And it was a sad situation because they just loved this woman d- dearly, and they were all just congregated. And so when he read that text just out of the blue from a relative that he hadn't seen in, so many, in a long time, it, like the, he said the energy of the room just picked up, and God just blessed that. So very, very cool. That was, that was a lot of fun. Um, uh, but it really highlights last week and, then it's, and this week as well, kind of the theme phrase, if you will, for our series, because of Jesus, I live in the limitless love of God. Because of Jesus, you and I live in the limitless love of God. I mean, he is all about connection, right? Even those texts, for whatever reason, the Holy Spirit takes those things and connects us together. In fact, the whole reason Jesus came to the cross was to pay the price that was requi- required to, write, to, to, 
to pay the price for the sin that we have in our life. And there was a price. It was a heavy, heavy price for the sin that we have in our life. In Jesus' day, crucifixion was the worst way to die. And it was usually deserved for the most despised, the most hated, the most vile criminals in society. And I want to give you a little bit of a deeper picture of what crucifixion kind of looked like back then. And I'm not going to, I'm going to spare you the gory details, but get this picture in your head as we go into what we're talking about today. So Jesus is tried, he's convicted, he's prepared for execution, uh, and very few people survived even the preparation for crucifixion. I shared this actually at our downtown campus and a little bit here over the weeks, but very few people survived the, the preparation to be crucified because um, there were bone-laden whips and chains used to just scourge the back and the front of the condemned. The flesh would be ripped open to the bone and most would pass out multiple times be- before taking to, the pl- taking to the place of crucifixion. And Jesus endured it. I mean, carrying his own cross the slivers reopening bloodied wounds and pushing down the exposed sinews and shoulder muscles. Okay, I'm not going to spare you the gory details. (laughs) But I mean, just picture that. Imagine that. Imagine the crowd lining the streets, spitting on him, hissing at him, which back then was an an ultimate uh, offense, and, and, and hitting him as he passed through the way to the place of the skull. Laying the cross flat on the ground, Jesus would be laid on top of it, facing up, wrists nailed to the beams, feet propped up on a small stand to make sure his knees were bent. Then nails would pierce his ankles to keep him in place, and coarse rope was usually tied around the person in four places, two on the wrists, one on down by the feet, the ankles are just uh, below the knees, and then sometimes one right around here. And the reason for that was as the flesh gave way and pulled through the nails. They didn't want the body falling off the cross. People were standing there watching the whole scene. In fact, every once in a while, the Roman guards who were assembling Jesus or the person being crucified would have them help, especially getting the cross into place because there was a hole dug at the foot of the cross. They would lift the cross up and slide it into that place. And the one being crucified would feel every little reverberation as it intensified the cuts and the gashes. One writer wrote about crucifixion, this type of death on earth is a sliver of what the full extent of hell really is. The Romans staged Jesus very intentionally between two other criminals, probably more. There were probably more just kind of when you go to Sam's, you buy in bulk. You know, you want to do everything in bulk. So there's probably a lot more people uh, being crucified at the time. But in this area, Jesus was in the middle because the worst criminal, the one considered the worst, was always in the middle. And the crowds loved it. The smell of death didn't keep them away because for them, this was entertainment. They didn't have Netflix. They didn't have, you know, whatever we do. This was their entertainment. Bets were taken to see who would die first or who would lose their constitution in the most dramatic way. For the ones crucified, they were suffocating. Jesus was suffocating. Pain dictated dizziness. Every breath, every moment racked their bodies 
with agony. And it's from this place of excruciating pain that Jesus now this week, as we look, speaks these words that literally rip open heaven and history and describes our situation to the fullest all at the same time. Parental caution for those of you who have kids here. I'm going to play a little clip of Passion of the Christ of this actual scene, very short, but I don't want to get sued. So here are the words, instead of me just reading it, here are the words from Jesus. Powerful stuff. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Brilliant piece of cinematography there with the teardrop from heaven. Such a powerful scene because in that cry of Jesus is the cry actually of all humanity because of your sin. We are forsaken by God. Have you ever been forsaken? Raise your hand if you know you've been forsaken. Yeah, we, we don't use that word very much, do we? Yeah, the students, you don't say to your, your parents, Mom, you're supposed to pick me up at, the school, at school, but you forsook me. You know, guys, you don't call, or, or we don't, business people don't call back a sales client who skipped out on an appointment and say, I was waiting at the restaurant, restaurant for you for an hour, but you forsook me. You know, what really that word forsaken means is, and actually most powerful in this context, is abandon. My God, my God, why have you abandon me. Most of us have been abandoned, <laughs> deserted, either physically or maybe emotionally. And one of the emotions that abandonment can cause in your life and my life is that feeling of being alone, loneliness. Jesus was feeling what you feel, loneliness on the cross. Have you ever been alone? I mean, like, really, really alone. The feeling that no one understands that no one feels the deep gnaw of your hurt. No one's willing to go the distance with you or for you. You may be hoping for someone with whom you could share the pain, but there's no one. You're alone. Experts tell us 60 million people in America would describe themselves as lonely. Two-fifths of older people, 3.9 million people, say that television is their main company. Serious thing. Loneliness has doubled. 40% of adults in two recent studies say they were lonely, up 20% from the 1990s. Funny thing when we're supposed to be the most connected society in history. But that brings up a little comparison. There's a difference from being alone. You guys know this. There's a difference from being alone and actually um, uh, feeling lonely. A few years ago, I went to, uh, I was able to go to old, old city Jerusalem. Um, and uh, just a, if you've ever been there, it's just a fascinating place to be. We stayed at ho- youth hostels um, and graced all the touristy sites, and we did all the things uh, in our group. And there was one day that our group was going to go to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, which is supposedly the remembered site where Jesus was both crucified and buried under one big church um, that they built over the area. Um, and I had been there before a couple of days earlier with our group, so I decided to go out on my own in old, time, old Town Jerusalem, walking the streets. And if you've been there, the streets, a lot of the streets look just like this, 15 feet wide maybe, packed with people, and it, it was, just, you know, there's very few cars, tons of people, and it didn't make, take me long to realize I had no idea where I was. I was comp- I'm looking around, I'm waiting for, to recognize a storefront or a restaurant, 
And, but I was kind of clamoring, and I realized that I was lost. So stumbling around, I found myself on a larger street and in the middle of an even larger crowd. The group was so densely packed that I had no option but to walk their way, the way they were moving. So I, and I, I mean, you're little, I was literally touching shoulder to shoulder and bumping with people. And so I turned to the guy who was very uncomfortably close to me, and I said, do you happen to know where the Armenian guest, uh, youth hostel is and how to get there? And he turns to me and he goes, Polska. I realized I was in the middle of a Christian pilgrimage group from Poland. Just me. No English, just Polish. I couldn't get out. I couldn't communicate. I knew no one. No one knew me. I was, disconnect- I was a disconnected human in the sea of humanity being moved along by a group of people whose language was spoken through puckered lips. <laughs> At that moment, in the middle of hundreds, I was lonely. It's a funny thing about loneliness. It doesn't have to do with proximity. It has to do with connection. It has to do with connection. Maybe, you know, maybe that's where you are this morning. Maybe you are a r- surrounded by people, but you're lonely. You feel disconnected. You feel forsaken. It's not about proximity. It's about connection. And that's why this word of Jesus is so important. Because Jesus says on the cross, my God, my God, why have you disconnected me from you? Why have you abandoned me in my moment and my hour of need? And the reason this is such a great connection for us as as humanity is because we know Jesus went to the cross for us. We know Jesus stepped into that place for us. And so he, uh, he, the, the reason he did that, obviously, was, and we talk about that, this, is because of sin. Sin just ruins everything. Sin destroys. It never builds up. Sin always, always rips apart and never brings together. And you, again, you know this. God brought his own son to the cross to bring you to him. That's the purpose of, of the whole thing. Jesus stepped into that place of sin so you wouldn't have to. Jesus offered himself as the payment for your sins so that you can live in the limitless love of God. And the cure, if you will, for loneliness is connection. And listen, while we all live in an imperfect world, we go through seasons of loneliness, and we always will, but you will never be alone. Because Jesus became that for you. God made Jesus, who had no loneliness, to be loneliness and disconnectedness for you. So that through his torturous crucifixion and subsequent resurrection, you might become the one thing that you long for. Connected. That's what all humans long for. That's what I long for. It's human relationship. Connection between other humans, but ultimately, connection between before and between you and God of the universe who, who sent Jesus. I mean, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, and I love all the songs that we're singing today because it is all about that. You are not alone. You may feel that right now because human people have disowned you, have set you aside, have said, nope, you're not worth it to me. But you're not alone. His message to you is that God will walk through all of the storms with you. He's not going to leave you 
alone. You can always find peace in, in him. And it's really all over the Bible in terms of verses. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. And then the final one by Jesus, surely I'm with you always. Our cry should be, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? But now our cry is, my God, my God, why have you connected me? And I'll tell you why. It's because he loves you. You're valuable to him. He has a big investment in you by sending Jesus, who suffered and died and rose again so that you could live in that limitless love of God. And I love that word limitless. I hope that rattles around in your, your brain and your mouth throughout the week. You live in the limitless love of God. In closing, there's a, there's a song, old song, um, uh, old praise song called At the Foot of the Cross. I'm just going to read these lyrics and then we'll stand to pray. At the foot of the cross. At the foot of the cross, I can hardly take it in that the king of all creation was dying for my sin. And the pain and agony and the thorns that pierced your head and the hardness of my sinful heart that left you there for dead. And oh, what mercy I have found at the cross of Calvary. I will never know your loneliness, all on account of me. And I will bow my knee before your throne, because your love has set me free. And I will give my life to you, dear Lord, and praise your majesty. Amen? Let's stand to pray. Father, many in this room um, and listening on the podcast um, have recently gone through a period of abandonment or uh, seeming abandonment and, and, and maybe are in it right now, that storm and that, those questions that come up and the, the depressed feelings of, am I valuable? Am I worth it, God? Father, help this message. Help Jesus' words of, oh, my God, my God. Help those words to encourage us knowing that he took that loneliness for us, that no matter what happens, that you will never leave us. And while my situation, while our situations might not get better in the near future, God, we know that you will not abandon us as we walk a very hard path. Father, grant us peace in this as we deal with some things in our life, God, that are struggles. Above all things, God, we know that you will never run away, that you will always um, be next to us, even when we don't feel like we deserve it. That's why Jesus came, and that's why we love you, and that's why we praise you and give it all back to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, amen. amen.